0: Hey, I'm Brandon. And I'm Hannah, and we're the pastors at New Community Church. Yeah, and it's our hope that this message inspires you to take your next steps in your faith journey with Jesus. Thanks for joining us today, and enjoy the message. Well, good morning, New Community Church. If I haven't had the pleasure of meeting you, my name is Hannah Baldwin, one of the pastors here. And I'm so glad that you've joined us for this Sunday. And I'm gonna start this morning a little different. I'm gonna do something that I've never done before. So I just want you to bear with me, just join in and be a part of it, okay? Okay. All right, we're going to start today with an exercise, and I don't mean like a physical exercise. Our kids right now, they're in the middle of summer camps, and so they're learning songs and scripture verses with motions, and so I didn't want you to miss out on the opportunity to have the same similar experience. So how about that? So we're going to do, we're going to say something together, and I'm going to give you motions to go with it, and hopefully it'll help you remember it later on for this week. So here's your one thing to do. This is what we're going to Stay together it's quick to listen slow to speak can you say that with me quick to listen slow to speak now our motions are simple I mean you're seated so there's nothing to be worried about you're just going to simply go quick to listen slow to speak you ready hands out quick to listen slow to speak one more time quick to listen slow to speak I me mean, y'all did such a great job Give yourself a round of applause. There you go. Well, hey, why did I have us start doing motions like that? Because so often in conflict, when we are in confrontation with one another, our hands do the exact opposite, right? Like we begin to close up. We make fists. We cross our arms and we shut off, right? And all of that is, is what happens internally with us. Our, our mind is shutting down. Our ears are closing off and our heart is walling up, right? We're, we're closing And the reason why that we have this response is because most often both parties want the exact same thing. We both want to be heard and we both want to be understood. We both want to be heard, and we both want to be understood. And the truth is, is I want you to be quick to listen and slow to speak, and you want me to be quick to listen and slow to speak. And so we're just butting heads at one another. We're just in conflict with one another. And it's like we're saying, we might not ever agree, but I want you to understand me. We might not ever agree, but I want you to understand me. We might not ever agree as to how to parent our kids. We might not ever agree as to how to handle the situation at work. We might not ever agree as to what degree I should pursue. We might not ever agree if he's right or she's right for me. We might not ever agree how to spend money, but I want to know that you've heard me. And the truth is, is I can't hear you unless I know that you've heard me. And you can't hear me unless I know that you've heard what did I say? (laughs) You get what I'm saying, right? And we just, we're in this vicious cycle, right? Like we just go round and round and round until somebody gives up and they just lay down. That's the cycle of conflict. Well, we are in week three of a series that we've called Summer on the James, and we're taking time to walk through a book found in the New Testament of our Bible, in the latter half of our Bible, called James. And James is sometimes known as the book of Proverbs of the New Testament. It's so practical in some of the ways that it teaches us on how to to live our life in Jesus. And really, the, the The talk that we're having today, is it'll show you just how practical it can be. And if you are a Jesus follower, you probably are familiar with that phrase, quick to listen, slow to speak. And it's found in the book... Of James. And James is written by James, who happens to be the younger brother of Jesus. And the thing that you need to know is that James didn't grow up worshiping his brother. Like, he didn't grow up thinking he was Lord. Like, it was real life. Like, he did not believe that Jesus was the Son of God. You know, like, I feel like I can hear that sibling rivalry right now. Like, no, Jesus, you are not the Son of God. You are my brother. You're not going to be you're not going to die and be raised back to life. And then a little bit later, Jesus does die, and Jesus is raised back to life, to which James is like, okay, I believe now. Like, that's the story of who James is. And the cool thing about James is part of his story is documented in a third-party book. There's a Jewish historian named Josephus, and he writes a little bit more about James and more than, more than what our Bibles tell us. And so I want to tell you a little bit about James. James. Now, at around 62 AD, uh, the high priest in Jerusalem at that time was Ananias, and Ananias was a Sadducee, and a Sadducee is a Jewish sect. There was the Pharisees and the Sadducees. The Pharisees believed that there would be a resurrection one day, and the Sadducees didn't, and so because they didn't believe in that, they were just so sad, you see, that's for my camp days. I just wanted to bring it all the way back around. <laughs> Anyways, um, so Ananias is a Sadducee, and he is just so opposed to this talk of resurrection. And James is going around telling people about Jesus and his death and his resurrection. And so James and Ananias, they are budding heads. They're in conflict with one another. And there's this brief moment when uh, in Jerusalem when Festus, who is a governor from Rome, he passes away. and so there's this brief moment when there's no Roman authority in Jerusalem. and because there was no Roman authority, uh, Ananias was in charge and so he sees his little window of opportunity. And so he, uh, he takes James and he brings them uh, on trial. He brings them between before their Supreme Court and it's called a Sanhedrin. And he accuses them of, of violating the temple, of violating their law. And they find him guilty, and they stone him to death. And here's why this matters. Because this is the culture, and this is the environment in which James was living in when he wrote this letter. He's in the middle of a culture, a society that's so opposed to him and to to all of these Jesus followers. They're, 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 they were being ostracized for their faith. And here in this environment, there's a lot of people shouting to be heard, but nobody was listening, right? It sounds a little familiar to us, right? And that's what James was addressing when he writes this letter. In the middle of all of this conflict and in the middle of all this tension, James takes a moment and he writes to his church. Because James is pastoring this church for 30 years. For 30 years, they were in the middle of this conflict, in the middle of all this turmoil. And he says, hey, hey, don't let your faith drift Don't let your faith drip that following Jesus is so much more than just believing differently. We have to live differently. We have to live differently. I want to say it this way. More than believing differently, faith is about living differently. That's the main point of James' letter. That's what he touches on Uh, time and time again as he's writing to his church. And last week we talked about how our faith is, is different in the middle of our trial, how it shows up differently. And today I want to talk to you about how your faith how it's lived out in context of our relationships. And so our relationships matter so much to God. And the way that we communicate and the way that we interact with one another, it matters so much. And I believe that the word that the Lord has for you and the word the Lord has for me today has the power to affect every single one of your relationships. And here's why. Because it starts in you so I encourage you to listen in, to lean into this word and really allow God to speak to you about how he wants to use you in your relationships. So to do that, we're going to start in James uh, chapter 1, verse 19. Read this with me. It says, My dear brothers and sisters, My dear brothers and sisters here, James is already addressing a shift that's happened in their relationships. So before Jesus, women were nobody, right? Like women were property. They weren't uh, valuable. A woman wasn't even allowed to bear witness in court because she wasn't viewed as trustworthy. But when Jesus came, he elevated everybody. He said, hey, woman, you matter. You matter, and your voice matters, and your perspective matters. And here in this moment, James is is acknowledging that shift. He's acknowledging that change. And so anytime that you see a woman or you see sisters mentioned in Scripture, they're leaning back to this change that has happened in our relationships because of Jesus. So let's keep reading. He says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this, every one everyone. Now, who is James talking to in this moment? He's talking to everyone. He's not just talking to your brother. He's not just talking to your sister or to your mother. He is talking to everyone. So that means he's talking to me, and he's talking to you, and he's saying, listen in. That that phrase, take note, that is an imperative command. It means, listen in. You've got to hear this. This is so important. Everyone, take note of, of what I'm about to say. And then James says, Everyone should be quick to listen. Everyone should be quick to listen. Here, James is doing a play on words. He's saying, don't be quick to be heard. Be quick to listen. He's saying, do the complete opposite of what's natural to you, right? Like, be quick to listen. And before you do anything else, listen, go back and listen. And if we're honest, this is the complete opposite of what we want, right? We want someone to listen to us. We don't want to listen to them. And here in this moment, James is leaning into what scripture has already taught us, is that we are to do unto others as we would have them do unto you. So if you want people to listen to you, well, then you need to listen first. First, And so often our response in these moments is to to hear what we want to hear, and then we respond from there. there. And James is saying, be quick to listen. Be quick to listen. Something that we do in premarital counseling with uh, couples is we do this exercise called actively listening we practice active listening. And what that is, is just a series of questions. You learn to ask questions to better understand uh, what your partner or your spouse is saying. And What that that doesn't mean is it doesn't mean that you're relating. Like, I agree. Someone should take the trash out. Like, you're not relating to one another. You're not uh, uh, rebutting one another. You're not retaliating. You're asking a series of questions to better understand their perspective. You're seeking to understand. You're seeking to understand. And the thing that's so funny to me is whenever Brandon and I are in conflict (laughs) – and we can tell when one another is practicing active listening, it is so funny. Like it de-escalates the mood because we know what each other is trying to do. We're trying to mend the relationship. We're trying to invest in it. And so we just, it honestly, it lightens the mood super quickly. And so when it comes to being quick to listen, ask questions. Think of ask questions. When it comes to being quick to listen, ask questions questions. Seek to understand their perspective. Ask questions like, can you help me understand a little bit more? Or, I hear you saying this. Did I hear you correctly? Or, uh, I don't understand the situation the way that you do. Can you explain it a little bit more? Ask questions. Ask questions. Be, be slow to respond and ask questions. And the reason why we have this, this rule in our marriage is because it's great for marriage. But it's not just great for our marriage, it's great for relationships, right? Like it's, that will be great in your work relationships, it'll be great in your sibling relationships, it'll be great in your friend relationships. Ask questions. Ask questions. You know, as a commitment as parents, something that we have is any time when it comes to us disciplining our kids, do you know what we do first? We ask a lot of questions. We ask a whole lot of questions because some of our biggest parenting regrets have come from moments when we didn't ask questions. And maybe, just maybe, you could bypass some of those regrets by taking that posture, that position of asking questions. And James is saying, be quick to listen. Be quick to listen. Ask questions. And if we learn to wait on being heard, it begins to change the dynamic of the relationship. It can change everything. And James continues. He says, everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak. How about just for good measure? Let's just do it again together. Is that okay? Quick to listen, slow to speak. Quick to listen, slow to speak if quick to listen means we're asking questions and slow to speak is we're going to pause. We're going to pause. We're just we're just going to wait a minute. We're going to pause before we respond. We're not going to correct. We're just going to pause. And so often when we come at these conversations, we are so ready for our response, right? Like we got all this wisdom we're ready to dump. We got we got this all this uh like we have all this understanding, all these ways that we could fix this problem, right? And the ways that we could fix you. But in this spirit of learning to uh, be slow to speak, that pause, it requires us to step back. It requires us to lean in a little bit more, and it causes us to listen. And while that thing that you want to say, it might be right, and what you want to say is so good and so worthwhile saying, sometimes your position of being right comes at a great cost. It comes at a great cost. It, it, can, it may cost you your influence, it may cost you that relationship. Listen, you parents, you need to hear this, and spouse, you need to hear this, and boss, you need to hear this, that you can be right and right and right, and you can write that person right out of your life. You can write your kids right out the front door. You can write that person that you love right out of the relationship. You can write that rock star, all-star employee right out of the company. And you can write that mentee right out from under your influence. We can write and write and write somebody right out of our life. And why is that? Why does that happen? Because I want to be understood. I don't want to be lectured. I want to know that you've heard me. And while those things that you're saying to me, I might be open to receive them, I need to know first that you've heard me they've understood. And that there's this tension, and we can all battle this in our relationships, right? When we feel like we just can't communicate with somebody. And James is saying, be quick to listen. Be quick to listen and slow to speak. Slow to speak. Take time for that pause. And sometimes we need to take time for that pause because if we don't, we'll we'll just go right into our rebut and we haven't even already heard what somebody is trying to say to us, right? We just heard what we want to hear and it shifts us into high gear. And James' response to that, he says, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. James is saying, take note. This is so important. Apply this to your life. Hold on to this. Take note. Be slow to become angry. Be slow to become angry. That phrase, be slow to become angry, that is both a result and it's a decision. It's both a result and a decision. If you choose, if you are quick to listen and slow to speak, then you will be less likely to respond in anger, right? So that is a result. But if it's easier if you have this response guard in your life where you're saying, I'm going to decide, I'm going to ask questions and pause before I respond, well, then that's you making a decision. And James is saying, be slow to become angry. Take time to decide. That's what he's saying. Take time to decide. Quick to speak. Slow quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Don't do what I just said. Now, James is talking about a specific type of anger. And uh, here it is. And this anger in this context is drawing hasty, misinformed, relationally destructive conclusions. Hasty, misinformed, relationally destructive conclusions. And it's all that hasty, misinformed, relationally destructive conclusions, that all that is coming from you not being slow to speak and uh, slow quick to listen and slow to speak, right? Like, that's exactly what is happening. And it's all too often, our uncontrolled anger, it causes us to respond in a way that leads us to speak too quickly and say way too much, right? And James is saying, be slow to anger. Be slow to anger. Respond in a different way way and for some of us we all show our anger and we all show our anger in different ways some of us we wear on our sleeve like you know when someone's angry that that's me there's no doubt you know when i'm upset others of you you are like a tea kettle just waiting to go off right like you're just about to blow at any moment and then others you practice the good old silent treatment I love the silent treatment, not really, but I love the silent treatment where you can, you know, act like someone doesn't even exist, right? (laughs) And then they talk to you and you're like, oh, you're talking to me? I thought you were dead. Like, that is a silent treatment. We all respond in anger in different ways. And James in this moment is saying when it comes to your relationships, whether you blow up or you are passive aggressive or you're moody or you're emotional, whatever it is, it's bad for your relationship. It's bad for your relationship. It breaks your relationship because it causes somebody to walk away, right? It causes someone to walk away. And whether, and whether you blow up or someone walks away, the way, that you can, the way that you can bypass that whole dynamic is by choosing to be slow, to become angry. It's by making that decision. It's by making that choice. And the longer you listen, the more you will learn, the less angry you will be. And I love how Proverbs says this. Listen to this. Allow it just to speak to your heart. That the one who has knowledge uses words with restraint. And whoever has understanding is even tempered. The one who has knowledge uses words with restraint. And whoever has understanding is even tempered. That the more that I listen, the more I learn, the less angry I I will be. But I need to take time to decide. And you need to take time to decide, to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Now, here's why this works. What I'm about to say to you is obvious. And when I say it, you're going to be like, duh, we all know that. That's crystal clear. But the reason why I'm going to say the obvious is because it's so easy to drift into murky waters that we forget the obvious, right? And so what I'm getting ready to say is not going to change your life, but I want you to remember it. Okay, here we go. Everything everyone does makes sense to them, right? Like it makes sense to them. I'm gonna go a little bit further. Everything everyone says makes sense to them. Like, duh, or how about this? Everything everyone believes makes sense to them. And so when you find yourself saying, or more often you find yourself thinking, you don't actually say it to the person that you're in conflict with, what you do is you tend to hold it and then you go find someone else that agrees with you and then you say it to them. So when you find yourself thinking this, whether it's around politics or religious things or, or money, when you find yourself thinking this, I don't know Why? I don't know why they would do that. I don't know why they would say that. I don't know why they would believe that. Well, that requires you to do some questioning. It requires you to ask some questions. Because the problem with that is you don't know. You don't know. And so that requires you to step back from that relationship, step back from that conversation and ask questions because so often our response in that moment is we tend to find the people that agree with us and we just choose to be critical, right? We choose to be judgmental. And what we do is we wall ourselves off. We create these echo chambers where we're just hearing the same things from other people that agree with us. And we create this dynamic where it's us, Versus them. That's what happens. And can I just bring this back to James and to his community and what's going on in his life? Can I just bring it back? That is exactly what that community in Jerusalem was doing to James and these Jesus followers because they didn't understand why they were living the way that they were, why they were following Jesus. And James, in this moment, he says, be different. Be different. Don't respond the same way because, quite honestly, they're not listening anyways. He says, be different. Allow your faith to cause you to live differently. Allow your faith to cause you to live differently. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Now, let's bring it back to you and to me. So when you find yourself asking yourself, why did my son just do that? or why did my wife just say that or why is my dad believing that that requires some questions it requires some questions it doesn't require proclamations or declarations it doesn't require a mini sermon with three points it doesn't require a rebuttal it requires questions it requires questions because your relationship with them it matters It matters so much. We just need to make that choice to take time and ask questions. We need to pause. We need to take time to decide. And here's why. James says, Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Now, human anger is when I don't get my way, right? And human anger doesn't produce or doesn't cultivate the right response. It doesn't cultivate the right response within me there's now there's a rightness or a righteousness as scripture calls it when it comes to our relationships and in every in every confrontation there's what I think is right there's what you think is right and then there's what God thinks is right and what I think is right and what you think is right is not what God thinks is right God doesn't pick a side. God is above. He, he's not uh, down here in the middle of our fight. He is above. He has a different kind of right. And James, in this moment, he's saying, make sure you pick the right right. Make sure you pick the right right. And when you think about who Jesus is and how he lived his life on earth, he didn't come down here to show us that he was right, right? Right. I can't say right, right too much because that's a little confusing. I'm sorry. But Jesus, he didn't come here to show us that he was right. In fact, if he had done that, that would have taken about 30 minutes. I mean, he would have come on the clouds. He would have freaked all of us out. He would have said, hey, I'm right. You're wrong. And we would have been like, yes, we know that. We are wrong. You are right, right? But that's not how Jesus came. Jesus didn't come that way. Jesus came to serve. He came down so that we would know that, we, we are valuable, that we matter. And Jesus came to reconcile our relationship with God and with one another. And that word reconcile, it means restore. So Jesus came to restore our relationship with God so that we could be right with him and with one another. That's what Jesus came to do. And so often we want to be right at each other, and God wants us to be right with each other. So often we want this, but God's saying, no, come back to this, be right with each other. And I want you to think about it this way, that when you're in an argument and what, if you win it, what do you really win? Right? Like, what do you really win? Like, I can't tell you, I've heard like, oh, I just won that argument. And then you're like, oh, well, where's your spouse now? They're like, well, I don't know, but I won the argument. I am the winner, right? Like that, you're not winning anything. You're not winning anything anything at all because even if you win, the relationship loses. The relationship loses, and God wants us to be right with each other. And in fact, Jesus taught us a different approach when it comes to our relationships. And that's, here's what it is. He wants us to approach each other the same way that he has approached you and the same way he has approached me. And this is what Jesus came. This is what he came and he taught. He says, my new command for you is to love one another the same way that I have loved you. That is how we are supposed to approach our relationships. It's in an attitude of love. It's in a posture of love. And so a love that's willing to, to lay down their life so that the relationship could be made whole, so that the relationship can be restored. A love that seeks to be right with each other, not at each other. That's what Jesus is calling us to. You don't have to be the winner. This is a win, this is when we're together, when our relationship is back together. Because there is no winner when the relationship is severed. And so James said be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. And we could end the day right there, but James actually doesn't finish there. And what he says next is really good. And so I'm going to take a few more minutes to tell you all about it. Here's what he says next He says, Therefore, get rid of all that moral filth and that evil that is so prevalent. He says, Therefore, now that you know what to do, get rid. That phrase "get rid" is kind of—it means like take off. So take off that need uh, to be right. Take off that—I. It's kind of like take off a jacket. Is that what that phrase is. So it's like take off that jacket that says I'm right. Just take off that filter the I'm right filter. And then he says the evil that is so prevalent. Evil in that phrase is more closely related to malice. That need to get even. To 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 uh, make someone pay for their debt, right? And James is saying, take off. Get rid of that response. Don't, listen, we are different. We're responding differently. It's no longer eye for eye, tooth for tooth. That's not how we relate to one another. He says, humbly accept the word that was planted in you humbly accept that, that's leaning into this idea that uh, even though that you might be right and your response might be right the way you're going about it is wrong and you need to lay down your pride because you've been called to a love a greater love that says it doesn't matter if you're right humbly lay down you're right James, in this moment, he's saying, he's saying, we need to take off that need to be right. We need to put on humility that says that we are better than me. We are better than me. Our relationship, our need for us to reconcile is more important than me winning. Humbly accept the word that has been planted in you, which can save you hear James is talking to Jesus followers and he's reminding them of that love that they have received it was a word that was planted in them it was a calling that they've been called to and he says don't forget that calling don't forget that calling that we've been called to love differently and each one of us we have received this love this love has humbled us this love has changed us and he says this love isn't supposed to stop at you you're supposed to extend and share this love with the person around you so receive that love and allow it to lead and guide you. And we're to fight. We're to fight for that reconciliation. We're fight. We're to fight to be right with one another. So receive that love. He says, therefore, get rid of all that moral filth and evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept this word planted in you, which can save you. If you do this, this has the power to save you. And what James isn't. What he's talking about here is not about eternity. He's talking about saving your relationships. It has the power to save your marriage. It has the power to save your relationship with your kids. It has the power to save your relationship with your siblings, with your parents. And I love how he finishes. He says, so do not so do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves but do what it says. Allow that word to transform you. Allow that love to transform your response because a faith that does nothing changes nothing. We have been called to love in a different way. We've been called to fight for reconciliation, fight to be right with one another. That's God's heart for you and for me today. I'm just going to quickly recap all this and then we will close. So be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger doesn't produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all that moral filth and that evil that is so prevalent. And humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, but do what it says. Would you stand with me this morning? What's the one relationship where you need to put your faith into action? What's the one relationship where you need to put your faith into action? You know that person when they come into the room or when you see that text or when you see that email, it just starts stirring something within you. Maybe there's someone you've been given the silent treatment to for years. Or maybe there's someone you are that tea kettle that goes off every time they come around. Who's that person? I believe the invitation the Lord is. Ha- has for you and for me today is that he just wants us to lay them before him and it starts in us and so he's saying lay yourself before me open your heart to me and the work that I want to do in your life and so I want to invite you every one of us just to open our hands before the Lord just as that posture saying God start in me start in me first Lord let me be quick to listen slow to speak slow to become angry. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you so much that you sent your son to fight for the reconciliation of our relationship together. And Lord, we choose that posture this morning of choosing love to respond in love. And Lord, would you instill in us that desire to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Would we be led by your Holy Spirit? Would we keep in step with your Spirit? And God, would you really put in us a desire? Would you really put something within us? God, would your Holy Spirit just convict us and confront us when we are responding in the opposite spirit of you? God, would we lean into the way of love, the way that you've called us to live? And Lord, would you use our lives as a witness to the ones around us about what your love can do When someone believes and does, lives a life differently in you. And just as we stay in this moment of prayer, I want to take a moment just to speak to one more group of people in the room. Because that whole picture for some of you today, you've never, you've always viewed God as an angry God. Like, he's mad at you. He's upset with you. And that word that God sent Jesus to make relationship right with you just spoke to you today. And the Lord is waiting to make that relationship right with you. You just need to make that decision. And so I want to invite you today, if you've never taken that step, or maybe you took that step once, but you just need to make a recommitment to the Lord today. That, hey, God, I want to fight to make the relationship right with us between you and your heavenly father with every head bow and every eye closed just as we stay in this moment of prayers make it a holy moment between you and the lord i want to invite you if you're ready to take that step with jesus to raise your hand this morning and not as a symbol for me but as a symbol for you to know that you know what i have made a decision i'm going to fight for this relationship but that's you would you raise your hand this morning Would you pray this in your heart with me? God, we thank you so much that you came to make our relationship, that you sent Jesus to make our relationship right. And Lord, would you forgive me for the ways that I have been wrong, where I've been fighting for my right. And Lord, would you come and make me right. Lord, we thank you that you are our Savior, that you've came to reconcile our relationship together. Would you come be my leader? my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we just thank God for his word this morning? Thanks for joining us today. We hope that this message inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey with Jesus. Yeah, and we'd love to connect with you further. And the best way to do that is at our website, thenewcommunity.church, where you can connect to our small groups, find other resources, and even give to the work God's doing through New Community.